Welcome to the Healthy You Gatherings podcast. We are told in John 16, that we will have troubles, and Jesus confirms that by saying, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Healthy You Gatherings allows us to come together and explore complex and difficult topics. Find benefit in learning from the one who's overcome the world, who understands that a biblical perspective will help us find peace amidst life's everyday issues. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another Healthy You Gatherings podcast. And today we're going to be talking about nourishing healthy relationships. And so whether you've listened to this podcast before or if this is the first time, uh, I will be referring to your fill-ins as well as the PowerPoint. And so if you don't already have those open, you may want to do that so that you can follow along. Um, Really had a good time doing this uh, and um, talking with folks about how do we um, really have healthy relationships because there's a lot of information out there and I was quick to say that there are lots of other ingredients that we could have talked about that add to healthy relationships this by no means is an exhaustive list but just some things that I felt like were very practical and things that you could uh, really implement into your life pretty simply and see if there's going to be a difference because of it. So if you're in your um, PowerPoint, if you go to the second slide, and this is also on your fill-ins, what do we hope to learn today? Well, there's three things. One, uh, we want to identify elements that are needed for healthy relationships. We want to identify areas to create margin in our own lives. And then we also want to identify both strengths and weaknesses in our current relationships. So... I picked four components or four elements that I believe are vital to a healthy relationship. And this is slide three. You can also write into your fill-ins these four words. The first one is communication. And that's no surprise. We've done two Healthy You podcasts on communication. So if you want to listen to those, you can do that again in the past. So the first fill-in is communication. And if you have listened to the previous podcasts of Healthy You. Uh, We've done two so far, and so I would recommend, uh, even if you have or if you haven't, go back. Uh, That is a a bedrock of a healthy relationship. Um, Now, some people think they're good communicators. Other people realize they struggle. But keep in mind that communication is not always words. Uh, It's also actions. It's also uh, eye contact. It's tone of voice, all those kinds of things. But we have to learn how to have healthy relationships and communication being that it is a two-way street. It's a give and take. Uh, We learn how to listen, but we also learn how to be clear with what it is that we're trying to communicate, what we want, what we need, those kinds of things. Um, If we do have good communication, then I think equality is the next one, which is that each person is equally valued. Um, Sometimes when we disagree with what somebody says, we have a tendency to put it down. Uh, We certainly live in a country now where if you're on either side of a political landscape, you see where uh, there's a lot of putting down of the other side because of what they believe in. And so what's happening is, is we don't have really good relationships. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to learn how to 
be aware of those places where maybe there's not equality um, and maybe somebody speaks more and someone else listens, which is okay in any relationship, whether it's a marriage or friendship or parents to kids. But there should still be that feeling of when I speak and when I communicate that the other person is giving me my fair shake. Uh, you've probably been in situations where you feel like you're trying to communicate, but that the other person is either shutting you down or interrupting you, that kind of stuff. And so um, a lot of times when I talk to people who are struggling in their marriage, uh, they think it's communication, but a lot of times it's equality. It's this idea that, hey, you have just, just as much value as I do. And so I want to learn through my communication how to extend that. And I think when communication and equality are building on top of each other, then I think you come to this idea of respect or mutual respect. And again, I can disagree with you, disagree with your viewpoint on something and still respect you and still respect your right to have an opinion or to have a view on something. Um, A lot of times people want to start with this and say, this is what we need to work on in our relationship. But in essence, it really goes back to the communication and the equality piece. Um, Respect comes out of time and experiences. So when people demand respect, they have a tendency to not be giving it. And there's probably not enough experience with that person to have a healthy amount of respect. Now, you can have a general respect for people just in general because God made you. He made me. Jesus says we're all equal at the foot of the cross. But this is more like when I'm trying to develop a healthy relationship, this idea that, you know what, even if I disagree with your viewpoint or what you're saying. Now, again, you you, you can't be abusive towards me and be screaming and yelling and me say, well, of course, I'll respect you. That makes it a whole lot tougher. Uh, But if both people are doing these three things, if they're communicating well and there's a sense of equality, then the respect kind of follows. And then the fourth piece is trust. Trust comes because the other three are in abundance. Um, and trust, as is often said, is uh, takes a while to develop, but it can be destroyed in a second. And so we have to treat that with a lot of value. And we want to, as it's going to sound funny, but we want to respect trust and realize that, you know what, if someone trusts me, then I need to uh, handle that with a lot of care. And I think when those things are, are happening, I think you will begin to experience um, a good flow in relationship. And if you are in a relationship now, in some sort of relationship where you feel like, hey, we're kind of stuck or it doesn't feel as good as it could be, uh, you may want to pull these four up and, and have a conversation and see if any of those seem to be uh, maybe um, not getting enough attention. Because if you think of nourishing a healthy relationship it's like nourishing a plant right sometimes it needs sunlight sometimes it needs water sometimes it needs fresh air sometimes it might need um, you know some extra food to give to it and so we want to do that with our relationship so even now go hey what's what's an area that maybe is not doing as well as it could Um, if you go to slide four I think you'll see where Jesus is saying in John 15, he's like, look, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
He says, He that stays in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So when you look at your relationship, are you abiding with one another? Are you staying with one another? Now, you can have some friends. I have a friend from high school uh, that I've known for going on 36 years. Um, and he and I, he lives way away. But I can pick up the phone and he and I will start talking and it's like we're, we haven't missed a beat. And I think that's because the communication, the equality and the respect and the trust are developed. And so um, you can nourish those relationships that happen to be far away. But as we look at relationships that are in front of us, how are we doing with staying with them? And then how are we doing staying with God? Uh, because Jesus is saying, look, you can't do this without me. So is he in the center of those relationships? And to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, maybe he's not. Or maybe he's not as much as he could be. There's always room for more Jesus, right? Um, if you go to slide five, uh, what are some practical things that you could do to nourish a healthy relationship? I think the first one is uh, C, S-E-E. And how do I see other people in a relationship? Uh, a good way to see other people, and this is slide six, is these three simple things. One is to give undivided attention. How many of you have ever been in a conversation where somebody's constantly looking at their phone or their watch or they're looking past you and you don't really feel like they're with you? Um, or you hear them saying, uh-huh, 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 and they're just kind of waiting for you to stop talking so they can start talking. Um, that gives you a sense that they're really not seeing you. But undivided attention goes a long way. Now, on the flip side, you don't have to be like a stalker and stare at them and not blink, but you do need to be making some eye contact. You do need to show that you are interested in what they're interested in. Uh, for those of us who uh, have spouses that have interests that are different than ours, it doesn't mean that you have to become a fan. If you're, you know, if your husband loves football and you don't like it, it doesn't mean that you have to all of a sudden become a fan. But you are interested in it because they're interested in it. Um, I remember, uh, you know, being interested in things when I was younger and telling my parents, you know, and them showing interest in what I was interested in. You never know what that could spark in somebody. Um, and then the third thing is just noticing changes. Um, you know, people change. Things happen. It's good to ask someone if they're okay, right? Changes in a good way. I was talking to a friend the other day who has lost almost 70 pounds, and it was significant, and I noticed it, and I hadn't seen him in a while. I was like, man, what are you doing? And he was like, thanks for asking. I'm doing this, this, and this. And I was like, man, that's phenomenal. Um, and, you know, that goes for good and bad. When people aren't in their best mood or not having their best day, you notice it so that they feel seen. Now, you want to make sure that, again, that communication, equality, and respect and trust is in the relationship because then when somebody is seeing you, it doesn't feel like a threat. Some people don't like to feel vulnerable, but a lot of times if it's a close relationship, you do want to be seen. Um, and what's really cool if you go to slide seven is one of God's names is El Roy, 
R-O-I, El Roy. It's the God who sees me. And when you look at that, that comes from Genesis. It comes from when um, Hagar has been sent away from um, Abraham and Sarah, and she has Ishmael with her, and she's out in the desert, and she's probably going to die. And she sees God talks to her. He speaks to her. And so she says, you're the God who sees me. And so how awesome that we have the creator of the universe who will let us become aware that he sees us. And so, again, Jesus saying, I'm the vine. You can't do this without me. God is saying, hey, I'm with you and I see you and I want to be with you as you go through this. The second thing that we can do to nourish a healthy relationship, and this is slide eight, is to soothe. S-O-O-T-H-E. And the way that we can do that is, again, there's three very practical ways, and this is slide nine, is be present. Again, don't be looking at your watch or your phone or multitasking. You know, same thing with when you see people, but just be present. Be with that person as they're going through something. Uh, Validate their emotions and their thoughts. Again, validation does not mean I agree with you, but validate is being able to say to somebody, man, it sounds like that was rough, or that sounds like a great time, right? Tell me more about it. You sound excited, or you sound a little down. And the way that you can validate how someone is feeling and how they're thinking is just by asking them questions, right? And a great question you can ask somebody is, hey, tell me more about that. What else would you like for me to know about that? Because sometimes we assume that we know, especially in people we've had relationships for a while. We're like, oh, we've had this conversation a thousand times. I know how it's going to go. Well, maybe take a step back, maybe be a little bit more humble and just say, you know what? Let me ask some questions and see maybe we end up having a different conversation. And um, soothing does not need to be a physical touch. It doesn't need to be a hug. It certainly could. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be the fact that, hey, I am present with you. I'm here with you. I'm going to make sure that as best I can understand what it is you're saying to me and give you an opportunity to talk about those things. And sometimes people don't want to talk, and that's okay too. You may ask a couple questions and then realize, hey, they don't want to talk, and say, you know what, I'll just be with you. Um, And I think a lot of times that's what people remember. There's lots lots of famous quotes out there about how people aren't going to remember what you said, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. And um, again, another scripture that's, that's great as a reference, and this is slide 10, is Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And what's so great about that is that we are told that we can come to the throne And these two things are going to happen. There's going to be mercy and there's going to be grace. And it doesn't say that we have to be perfect. It doesn't say that we have to have it all together. What it says is that we need to come to the throne, right? So ask yourself that question. How much time am I spending in prayer? How much time am I coming to God? And in what fashion am I coming? Am I coming sheepishly and I feel really uh, bad or I'm coming kind of eh, meh all the time. This says to come boldly because you're going to find mercy and grace. 
And that's a great thing because we need both of those. And you can do a word search on mercy and grace, but basically it's not getting what you deserve and then getting something that you didn't earn. And so we realize that that's part of God's nature. So that's a good place to go is to to go to God and to go to his throne. Um, Slide 11. Another way that we can nourish a healthy relationship is through safety. And if you go to slide 12, here are three ways that we can develop safety. First is actions and not words. We can say that we're safe or that this is a safe place, but we may not be actually doing the things that would create safety. And so we want to make sure that our actions are safe. Are we physically safe for somebody, like their personal space? If we know somebody doesn't like someone in their physical space, then give them some space. Um, And are we demanding things? I remember when my um, grandchildren were very young, um, and I appreciated this uh, from their parents. Their parents said um, that they weren't going to make their kids hug everybody. Um, And I liked that. So I would say to them, and this is a simple thing, can I hug you versus give me a hug? Now you might say, Gene, you're kind of really you're making a big thing out of something that's small, but we can be conditioned to, well, I'm supposed to give everybody a hug even if I don't feel like it. And there were several times when my grandson, who's now seven, uh, I would ask him for a hug and he would say no. Um, And I think what began to happen was he felt like I was respecting him even at that young age. And now he's a big hugger. Like he hugs all the time. But again, what are my, and make sure that my words and my actions line up. But uh, my actions are going to dictate a lot about whether or not I am safe. Um, Another thing is allowing for differences. I think sometimes we assume that everybody thinks and feels like we do. And when they don't, we have a tendency to diminish them and make ours seem bigger and better. And so what we have to learn to do is say, you know what, maybe we're going to see this differently and that's okay. That's not the totality of the relationship. In fact, we might learn something from each other if we would allow for those differences. Um, and really some, some great questions are to just like, if you've got kids, like teenagers especially, just ask them. Say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you feel about this? And don't, parents, Don't get upset when they have a different perspective. It's okay to have a different perspective. Let's allow for those differences and see if we can learn from each other. And then the third thing is shared experiences. And this leads to safety if you have, a, if you have good experiences with one another, right? You go and uh, maybe you go on vacation together or maybe you go to a movie together or you go out to eat or you get a cup of coffee or whatever and you have more and more of those, that creates a feeling of safety because now uh, actions, again, are speaking just as loud as my words. And so if the shared experiences are good and they're healthy, then guess what? I'm probably one going to spend more time with you and I'm going to probably feel more like myself. Slide 13, here's another great scripture. Psalm 16.1 says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. Right? So again, this idea of taking refuge And the psalmist asking for God to keep them safe, he he does that. And you say, well, how? This idea of Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you can go, just like we talked about in Hebrews 4, 16, you can go before the Lord with confidence. Doesn't mean that he's 
okay with sin or decisions that we've made, but he's also saying, I'm going to continue to stay in relationship with you and help you. He's going to speak the truth in love to us. He's not going to lie to us, and he's not going to say, oh, that's okay, wink, wink, keep sinning. No, he's going to speak the truth, but it's going to be in love, and it's going to be for our good. You know, I say this a lot. My father has uh, uh, passed away. It's been getting close to 15 years now, and I constantly say that the older I get, the smarter he becomes because there are lots of things that he was trying to teach me and trying to help me with that at the time I didn't necessarily think it was good, but now I see the wisdom and I see the value in it. So again, with God, even if it feels like, man, this is tough, like, God, what are you trying to communicate to me and help me to experience that safety with you? The last piece of how do I nourish a healthy relationship is security. And if you go to slide 15, you'll see three things. They all start with C. Confidentiality, consistency, and caring. Um, In order for me to feel like I'm safe with you, I got to know that I'm secure as well. And a lot of that's confidentiality. Uh, if, If things I say to you end up coming back to me from somebody else, then maybe I'm not going to really open up to you. And I may just have a surface level kind of relationship. So... You know, you would say, you would think that goes beyond um, even needing to mention it. Um, But you'd be surprised in church settings how many times people will say, well, it was just a prayer request, where in in a lot of ways it was gossip. Um, And I simply, I have a good friend who I say things to, and that person will say, is this to be kept confidential? And I say yes, or I say no. Um, And if I say no, then they can share with their spouse what I've said. Um, And so confidentiality is good. Now, if somebody is, say, for instance, having an affair and they're like, hey, I want you to keep it confidential. Well, that's not for your good. I still would rather you be the one that tells somebody, but I can't guarantee that I'm not going to because you're, you're hurting your spouse with that. Um, but it doesn't mean I have to put it on social media, and it doesn't mean that I have to tell everybody. Um, I should only tell who needs to be told in order for maybe some movement to occur. So confidentiality does not mean that like, if I'm breaking the law, you're not supposed to tell anyone. What it means is no gossip. Uh, consistency. Are you there for that person? Not codependency, where you're doing everything for them, but, you know, are you reliable? Is it somebody that they know they can count on? If you say you're going to do something, do you do it? If you say you're going to be somewhere, are you there? Um, you don't disappear and, and ghost them for a while and then come back. Uh, you're, you're there for them. And then the last one is caring. You know, do, do you care about what they're going through? Or are you just wanting to give advice? Or are you just wanting to fix it for them so that, they don't have to go through a hard time. Caring is a very interesting word, but it's really being for somebody. So when I am extending a, a, a hand to you or we're praying together or I say, hey, if you need to get together, I'm here, what you are doing is you are being Christ's ambassador. You are learning how to carry out what he has for you in that moment with that person. And sometimes that's the most powerful thing that you can do for somebody. If you go to uh, 
slide 16, Psalm 18:32 says, "It's God who arms me with strength and keeps me secure." So once again, we want God in the center of it all because he's the one who's going to strengthen you and he's going to keep you secure keep your way secure. And what's great about that is he may use another person. He may use somebody that's going to help you through that. But the person isn't the answer. It's God through the person. So us learning how to let God uh, speak through us and use us is vitally important. And the next piece I want to talk about is margin. And I'm going to go through these quickly, but I think it's something for you to um, really take a look at and uh, maybe even in a journal or on a you know a legal pad, just maybe jot out some of these things. But this is going to be slide 17 um, through 20. And this is talking about margin in your life. So the first thing is, is what does your schedule look like? Um, in order to have a good relationship or to nourish a healthy relationship, I got to have time. Uh, if I'm running all the time and from the minute I wake up till the time I go to bed, I'm constantly doing tasks and my schedule doesn't have any wiggle room, I'm going to burn out. And my relationships uh, with God and with other people are probably going to atrophy. They're probably not going to be healthy. And so start looking at your schedule. Start asking God, where do you want me to cut back? Because there may be something that you're doing that God's saying, hey, you don't necessarily need to do that. Um, And you may be feeling that as well. You may be feeling like God's nudging you away from something or towards something. So looking at your schedule, and again, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night, um, and see. And and if you're married, you and your spouse can look at your schedule and say, hey, where is this? uh, Where can we lighten up some places where we can actually have some time Uh, to reflect on our relationships. Um, One thing that my wife and I do, and it's mostly Saturday mornings, uh, we generally don't have any plans on Saturday mornings, and that's where a lot of uh, our good conversations over a cup of coffee occur uh, because we purposely put that time in our schedule. If you don't put time in your schedule, your schedule will get filled up, and there's probably a lot of people saying amen to that. Um, so maybe even look at next month and go, hey, what's a day, what's a time, you know, where I can get some uh, some breathing here. And if you're struggling with margin in your schedule, um, maybe you talk to somebody, uh, a counselor, a mentor, or somebody that could help with like, hey, how do I do this? Um, but that will be beneficial because if you spend some time with God, it's always going to be positive and there's always going to be some fruit that come from that. Another way is your finances, and uh, this is a tough one. A lot of people struggle with their finances, and they have a lot going on. And so, uh, but it's a process. Um, and the first step of that is actually looking at it, and that's the scary part because a lot of people will look at their finances and go, "I'm going to run out of month first, right? Or I'm going to run out of money before I run out of month." And so, if that's the case. You might need to talk with a financial advisor. Uh, Brookwood has several financial uh, mentors that you could talk to uh, who could help you with making some changes. And it's amazing how even some small changes uh, can start to loosen up uh, your finances. Because if you're always worried about finances, then you may not be nourishing your relationships because you're having a hard time not thinking about the fact that you have a bill that's due 
Um, and again, when I talk about this margin, um, you know, if you're married, talking to your spouse, uh, if you're not and you got close friends, maybe opening up to those that are closest to you, but but obviously with God as well to say, God, you have a way out of this. You're, you're a lamp onto my feet. You make the crooked path straight. So God, what's the first step? Because you can't get it all done at once. Uh, the third one, which is slide 19, is your thoughts. Um, the Bible says to take your thoughts captive to Christ. Um, that's where the enemy loves to get into uh, people's business. And if he can turn your thoughts, he can turn your emotions and then ultimately your actions. And so, you know, be thinking about your thoughts for a moment. Do I have a tendency to worry about the future and what's coming up? Do I have a tendency to worry about the past too much and have regret? Um, one thing that you can do that will be very helpful and I do this every morning, is uh, when I do some quiet time, I look at my schedule and I ask God to give me wisdom, which comes from James 1.5, and I ask him to give me wisdom and I name all of the appointments that are on my schedule. So my thoughts are already in a different place because I'm asking God to help me. Um, but if you're struggling with something that won't let go, again, counselors are helpful, uh, being able to connect with some people, uh, because what begins to happen is if those thoughts continue and you can't really get away from them, what's eventually going to happen, especially if they're negative, if you go to slide 20, is your emotions are going to end up being impacted. And when your emotions get impacted, a lot of times uh, we stop looking at the root of what's going on and we just want the symptoms to go away. And so I just want to feel better. And so sometimes people get addicted to things because they're trying to get away from their emotions. And so whereas um, if I smoke a cigarette because I'm stressed, well, the stress is the emotion. I feel overwhelmed, so I smoke a cigarette to calm me down. But now what's happened is, is I've impacted my physical health. And in reality, I haven't solved what caused my being overwhelmed. I've just gotten rid of the symptom for a season, and guess what? It's going to come back. And so what we want to do is we want to learn how to get to the root of things so that my thoughts and my emotions are more lined up and they're more healthy, and really they're more with what God would say. And so sometimes that's what causes a lot of arguments uh, with people is because uh, we have thoughts that have been with us our whole life and we've never really addressed the root of it. And then our emotions follow right out of it. And then we just stay in this kind of quagmire and we have a like quicksand and we can't really get out of it. And so we want healthier relationships, but we just don't feel like we're equipped for it. Um, so that is a very uh, brief, quick introduction to healthy relationships. Uh, you can again, you can certainly listen to the other podcasts that have come through Hug. Um, but if you feel like today, hey, this really hit something, and I really want to get some extra help. If um, if you look at slide twenty one, it says beyond today. You can uh, get in touch with us by uh, emailing us at care ministries at brookwoodchurch dot org. You can also call us at eight six four six eight 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 three five five. You can also go on the website to brookwoodchurch.org slash events slash care, and you can see some of the things that CARE is offering. 
And uh, we would love to walk with you through that. And even at the end of the podcast, this information will be repeated. So um, just want to thank you for joining me today. And um, there will be another one coming up next month. So if you like this, you like the content, um, be on the lookout for the next one. So with that, I want to pray for you and uh, we'll end our time for today. God, thank you for... Uh, just the example that you give us in your word and through your actions towards us. And God, I pray for those who are listening to this today who uh, desperately want healthier relationships, but they're not sure of how to take that first step. God, would you reveal to them, first of all, yourself in a more, um, in a deeper way, in a, in a way that really just hits home and is unique to each person. And then, God, give them that next step, uh, whatever that may be. And, Lord, show them that you're with them and that you haven't left them or forsaken them. And, God, we will certainly give you the honor and the praise and the glory that you deserve. And, Jesus, none of this is possible without you. So we offer up all of this in your precious name. Amen. So God bless, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you would like more information about today's topic or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355 or email us at careministries at brookwoodchurch.org. To find out more about what Care Ministries offers, please visit www.brookwoodchurch.org care. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, God bless.